Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. We're going crazy. We're going crazy, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry, you're Ken Krantz, and I'm Chip Chantry. Well, well, welcome, everyone, to I Love Rock and Roll. Welcome. We have uh, we have Kahuna with us today. What's up, gents? The band. It's back together. Back yeah, together. The, the band, the original three. And um, we're on like our I met, reunion final tour. It's sold it's out. nice to just. Ha- I mean, these guests, these guests are just a pain in the ass. Like <laughs> just their demands and having to just deal with their personalities. And oh, let me be nice to you and pretend that you're interested. It's just us, guys. It's just <laughs> us today. We can do what we want. We can say what we want. Um, don't you? I, don't you? Uh, like when we have a big name guest. Isn't it real? Isn't it like honestly though a giant pain in the dick kind? Like it's oh, so much what, pressure. And 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 that says a lot. I mean, maybe about human nature, but I think mostly about you and me, Ken. Like it's just pressure, and we're like we're frauds. Why would Richard <laughs> Marx ever want to talk to us? Why would G Love want to spend an hour with us? Yeah. So then, but it's it's usually. I mean, I very rarely, and I I mean, if at all, like. At the end, I'm always very happy, and yes, uh, but, but and they've always been great. We, uh, we but like at the be- at the beginning, like you would think we'd be excited. I'm, w- I will say this to the listener: I'm way more excited about today than I am for like a big name guest, even though I, I love it. And by the end, it's like, oh my god, it's a relief. They were so nice to us, and we yeah, didn't because make you never know. It's a wild card every yeah. single time, especially with the bigger caliber. You never know whether or not they're just going to be a dickhead right out of the gate. But by right. the way, and, and, and by really the way, they haven't been. Yeah. Nobody has. No, we, yeah, I, we I can't not, think of one. Yeah, we've um, not had one guest that we badmouthed at where we're like, oh god, god, that would no, it wasn't, and we really appreciate all our, oh, you know, big name guests, other comedians. There was you that, know, that, everybody's been great. There was uh, that Christian you, Cortez asshole. Well, <laughs> I mean, oh, I made a Christmas song. Ooh, so my um, dad's peeing dawn. I will say this, because we we really don't have any negatives to say. Do you have one that sticks out to you, Ken, either – you don't have to say favorite, but like one that was like maybe the most surprising or anything? Because I have one that jumps out at me. I was – yeah, I was surprised. Um, I I don't think you were in for this interview, but I was really surprised at how cool Kennedy was. Uh, Yeah, I missed that one. Like, exactly. because, yeah. you know, she's this big Fox News personality sure. and yeah. you figure yeah. she's probably and, and you you always knew her from MTV is so sarcastic. And I loved her on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But she was so sarcastic and so made fun of everybody that, that I I was very apprehensive when we got her. And then she ended up being the coolest, nicest, most interest, uh, one of the most interesting uh, interviews that we've had. That's great. What what who who sticks out for you? I didn't really know anything about this guy and I just knew a little bit about the band itself and I'm like, I, I like this band, but I was like, Ugh. and then it just happened to be a situation where you I think were just running a minute or two late or I was early and I had to be on Zoom with him just me and him with knowing very little. Uh Stephen Perkins from Oh, from Jane's, Jane's Addiction. Yeah. What, like and it's like I'm a and that was early on. It's like I'm a rock drummer. I was in Jane's Addiction, craziest. He was the sweetest, most positive, fun guy. Like it was just 
I, I walked away from that hour just completely energized. It was like, oh, my God, I can go conquer the world now because uh, Stephen Perkins told me I could. Yeah. <laughs> just just like the nicest, most like – it was like motivational speaker without the – Without any of the weird stuff, you know, he was just like we're in a post-apocalyptic future. Chips, the fucking dictator of the world, and everyone's like, "How did this happen?" The fucking drummer from Jane's Addiction. (laughs) (laughs) He told me I could do this, (laughs) but they've been great. Like, you know, Richard Marx was great. G Love in his car was amazing. Um, You know, and Rick Allen, and we we hope he's doing well. We hope he's doing better. He's just been the best. You know, to a couple yeah. times that he's been on, and and uh, so we have been very lucky. But having said that, it's still so much pressure going into it. Yeah, it's just nerves, and like this is like I honestly, I and I'm saying this in the nice way possible. I don't care or have any respect for either of you guys. So like, I feel like I'm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, I can just relax. Yeah, motherfucker. I have, I have zero respect for you. <laughs> and I think Chip just uh, got right down to. Uh, the 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 kernel of of truth of what the chemistry in this show is. Yes, so we just is. we yeah. don't even really like or respect each other. Nope. No. Nope. No. Not at all. Not at all. Um, and I don't like respect for this topic today. I think this topic is crazy, and it's going to be so much fun. I'm I'm really psyched about this. It is. So let let's just be honest with the listeners, because uh, you know what. Like we're grateful for them, but also like kind of fuck them, you know. Like they don't yeah. pay. For, they don't pay they for think this. They are. You're, you're yeah. not. You're not contributing. I wrote a hit song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you opened a Patreon, <laughs> they would. But anyway, that's another discussion. Let's not uh, drag our terrible business sense into this. No. No. Um. So we we were uh, as of pretty late last night uh, unprepared. And mm-hmm. and still stuck for a topic, and then uh, I and then we. By had the way, a- I do want to say this. I was like, I literally just to also pull the curtain back on like a little bit of the the chemistry. I was a little like, why why doesn't Ken have a topic yet? Because like Ken does all the work here, and then when he like every once in a while when he doesn't, I get annoyed because I'm like, <laughs> come on, Ken, you're supposed to do everything for me, and uh, you can't. Uh, but. Uh, you, we, you came up with a great. This is this is like fun. This is gonna be a fun one. So strap in, people. So I thought that we would just sort of um, we would just look at some wild rock and roll stories, and uh, you know maybe 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 some crazier ones that you haven't heard. I pulled up a list and I had not heard most of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, these 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 were these were great. And again, this is basically what the entire podcast is all about. Is a that, that's how we wanted to start it with these crazy stories. So we're just gonna it's sort of like a digest, like just banging all through them in one one fell swoop. So we've each we've looked up a couple, and we're uh, we'll just bounce around. But let's start um, let's start on this one list that I found: uh, twelve stories about rock stars that sound made up but aren't. Uh, the first one. Eddie Van Halen drove a tank through Beverly Hills to get a guitar back. Beautiful. Um, Is there photo evidence of that one? Because I would hope that there was. Oh, I'm pulling it up right now. There's got to be. Um, And as insane as that headline is, the the story is so much crazier. Yes. So – Eddie Van Halen 
lent a guitar to Kahuna. I believe this is actually your favorite front man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lent a guitar to Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit. I'm I'm insulted. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't you always telling me how great uh, Limp Biscuit was? To, I would love to know when we had this conversation, <laughs> so I I'd be privy to it. Um. So he allegedly lean, uh, loans a guitar to Fred Durst. Uh, they they were jamming together uh, while Limp Bizkit was recording an album in a home studio. And then um, Eddie, Eddie Van Halen left the uh, jam. And yeah, it's, he... it sounded like – I guess Eddie was sober at this point maybe. And it, it sounded like maybe people at the Fred Durst residence started doing some – doing some drugs and Eddie was like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Oh, is that? That's what it sounded like. I don't know if that's, so he was like, oh, some shit's going down. Maybe he was on the wagon and was like, let me, let me remove myself from the situation. And he left some of his equipment behind. There's a great quote that I just found that Eddie said about this jam that he had with Fred. Uh, he called. He described it as being a scholar amongst kindergartners. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say that Fred Durst has a different side of it, and when it comes down to it, it's all about the he said he said bullshit. <laughs> um. Well, the fact that you're telling me that Eddie Van Halen was sober at the time makes this even fucking crazier because i just by the way i could be wrong about that's what it's that's what it kind of implies so so he leaves his guitar and equipment over at this at the home studio where limp biscuits recording uh the next day he calls fred durst to try and get his guitar and equipment back but uh he won't he won't return his calls um and he ghosts them and they say after 24 hours of frustration, which, by the way, not that long a time for nope. <laughs> for what comes next. Yeah. After 24 hours of frustration, uh, Van Halen allegedly drove a literal tank to Durst's house and pulled a weapon on him when he opened the door. Uh, needless to say, his gear was returned promptly. Let me let me paint the picture for you. This is this is what they this is how they describe it. Uh, Eddie once bought an assault vehicle from a military auction. It has a shine gun mount on the back and is not legal. Eddie drove that assault vehicle through L.A. into Beverly Hills, then parked and left it running on the front lawn of the house Limp Biscuit was rehearsing in. He got out wearing no shirt. His hair in a samurai bun on top of his head, his jeans held up with a strand of rope and combat boots held together by duct tape, and he had a gun in his hand. He's a man of the people. (laughs) (laughs) We have the people who got his shit stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine living next door and seeing like a tank roll up on your neighbor's lawn? Yeah. And then while you're still trying to process if that's a tank, fucking Eddie Van Halen climbs out. Yeah. Oh, did uh, did you read the part where he had his hair up in a samurai bun? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Shirtless, hair in a samurai bun with an electric co- – with a 
<laughs> strand of rope belt and boots held together by duct tape. I think he had an he, album cover shoot after this, so I think he was just borrowing props. Oh. So it makes sense. That does make sense. Because I was going to be like, why would you spend your money on a tank but not a belt? <laughs> like, couldn't you have gotten just one, like, you could have gone down one level. You on, could have gotten a Hummer and some suspenders. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I mean, like, could you imagine, like, the like somebody next door that tank pulls up and it's like, honey, I think our Grubhub's here. Oh wait, no, it's Eddie Van Halen in a tank. <laughs> and, and but you, suspenders aren't even that intimidating. You got to remember. I think yeah, I'd start laughing if you Eddie Van Halen wearing suspenders hopped out of a Hummer. If you with get a gun, if you get out of a tank with a gun and your hair in a samurai bun and and you're shirtless, uh. Yeah, suspenders feels intimidating. Like if you're if you're wearing suspenders, like I wouldn't be like, oh my god, this is. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, this dude in suspenders is probably here to kill me. Yeah, I mean, and suspenders, yeah, that, and that's depending on who's wearing them too. Like, imagine if, like, reverse it, and like Eddie Van Halen, obviously, god of rock and roll, but like maybe unstable, and like he's a rock star, so maybe you're always unstable. <laughs> but what if? <laughs> What if it was like, let's say it was like a military style Jeep and then just popped out with a rifle and sus his suspenders. It was just Robin Williams. <laughs> like that would be probably way scarier. Like, oh, it's finally he's finally snapped. You know, Chip, I would have to agree. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, Urkel's in that assault vehicle. To be to be quite honest, though, I would be even more scared if instead of Robin Williams, it was Gary Busey. Yeah, the yeah, if the abuse was loose, then I'd be yeah. yeah. I think then I'd be very very cover. afraid. Uh, yeah, uh, this story's batshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like, and also, can you imagine uh, ducking Eddie Van Halen for a day and being like, "Fuck's he gonna do? I'm Fred Durst. What's he gonna do about it?" Yeah, it's like you think you'd want any reason to. Do you know what I mean? Like any any reason to talk to to Eddie Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, yeah. How are you going to try and also like take his shit? Like out of all the people whose stuff you're going to try and take, you're going to try and take the God of Rock and Roll Eddie Van Halen stuff. Of course, he's going to show up and do some insane shit and make. Like, is he like trying to pass it off on his own, or like he's going to try to pawn it and be like, "Hey, uh, how much do you want for this red and white guitar?" And you're well, like, what, I think I've seen well, this what somewhere. What year before. is this? Like how? How well is Limp Biscuit doing at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, listen, at no point in Limp Biscuit's career should Fred Durst have been like, I'm going to keep Eddie Van Halen. I'm big enough to keep Eddie Van Halen shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, where do you, what do you rate this story out of 10? I rate this like a solid eight because I could see this being a really fucking funny movie, too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, if he spills out of the tank all drunk like Arthur when he goes back to win Liza Minnelli, mm -hmm. that could be pretty funny. That, I mean, that would be great. That would be that would be a lot of fun. Or like uh, uh, Michael Douglas in Romancing the Stone on like in the middle of Manhattan with that boat. <laughs> like it's 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 one of those things where I I can't rate it unless I really knew. Eddie's intentions like was he kind trying to be funny and then it's just kind of funny or is it like I mean he did pull a gun on him so I guess but 
Yeah, you can pull a gun on guys. But also, hey, but where are the police from Eddie Van Halen's house to Fred Durst's house when he's rolling through Beverly Hills in a fucking tank? I just like to think it's a cocaine bear situation where they're just like, let's just not. Let's not deal with that. And you right. know what? It's Beverly Hills. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a private neighborhood. So that's why there's probably one, no photos. Yeah. Two, this probably happened behind a locked gate that the celebrities that were living on that block probably didn't care anyway. Probably just like, oh, another fucking day. So that's probably why there's nothing about this. But I would love to know. Wouldn't that, that would be funny if the neighbors were just used to it. Like if Fred Durst was that big a dick. And yeah. it's like one day it's Eddie Van Halen in a tank. The next day... Christopher Cross in an Apache helicopter landing on your lawn. Blasting. <laughs> Where the fuck is my amp that I lent you five weeks ago? You piece of shit. Oh, my God. And honestly, if this was Florida, it, this is just what happens. <laughs> like nobody would bat an eye. Fred Durst would have gotten into his tank. Yeah. Is this the most Florida thing to happen in Hollywood? <laughs> it might be. It's up there. I mean, it feels like it doesn't feel that far removed from like the movie Heat. No. Um, all right. All right. What we got next? We'll move on. Okay. Billy Idol had to be carried out of a Thailand hotel once by the military after being shot with a tranquilizer. Um. Purposely shot with a tranquilizer? Yes, sir. Uh, 1989, Billy Idol was staying at Bangkok's Mandarin Oriental Hotel. Over the course of his three-week stay, he engaged in nonstop debaucherous behavior involving women and drugs. After trashing his room, the hotel asked him to leave. Idol refused. Their response was to call in the Thai army to forcibly remove him. He resisted them, so they shot him with tranquilizer darts and carried him out. Wow. <laughs> There's so much to this story. Like, all you have to do is call down to the front desk and be like, can I get a late checkout? That's all you have to do. <laughs> um, but it's so funny. It's like 1989. Billy Idol's long past his... Uh, you know, his peak popularity. Although I will say he did have a bit of a comeback. And I was thinking about this because this is 89 in 1990. Not that it was huge, but he had that song Rock the Cradle of Love, yeah. which was pretty big with that yes. crazy video. And if you remember, he wasn't – he was only in the video in like – it was like paintings in a picture. Of yeah, there was like a picture frame and you would just catch glimpses of him in the photo. Yeah, I, and if I, if I remember correctly, like, no I him. believe that was because he broke his leg in like a motorcycle yes. accident yeah. or something like that. So this was right around the time that the Thai army shot him with a tranquilizer gun and then he got in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's partying pretty well at this point. But it's also it's like it's 1989. Like, yeah. how are how are we still trashing hotel rooms? Yeah. And how are you in Thailand trashing hotel rooms? Right. It's one thing to do it in the United it's States. It's one thing to do it in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole other thing to do it in another country where you don't know the fucking laws. Yes. For, yeah. all, for all you know, smashing a window is a death sentence. Like, Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like that's the kind of country where if they like they catch you with a joint, 
you you go to jail for twenty years. Right. Yeah. Um, and apparently he's just he's just going crazy. But I also like that the hotel was like there was no step in between doing nothing and calling in the Thai army. <laughs> right. Like just skip the cops, skip yeah. the state troopers, skip everybody. Just go straight to the fucking army. I hope it, it I hope those Thai infantrymen knew who he was and I hope one of them got a little giggle if when they shot him with the tranquilizer dart, he made that sneer on his face. You know what I mean? Where he's like, Arr. like that would have been fun for them. The one who shot him's laughing. Yeah, and, he's like, yeah. and the guy's next to him like, what's so funny? I shot the cradle of love. <laughs> <laughs> he caused $250,000 worth of damage to Yo, that hotel. Yo, what the fuck? Yeah. That's that's nineteen. That's in nineteen eighty nine. So that's probably adjusted for closer to three quarters of a million dollars. And by the way, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a Thailand hotel. Yeah. Like that's got to be the hotel. How is the hotel even worth that much? And also, I don't even like when I'm at a hotel and I'm kind of messy. Like I like to, if I'm staying there, I like to keep it a little neat. Uh, I just did the conversion rate, so $25,000. $250,000. in Thai money was only like eight grand, just a little under eight grand. But that's still a lot of money to trash a fucking hotel room. Oh, that's a good point. It wasn't, uh, it was. It's not U.S. dollars. Wasn't U.S. dollars. If it's U.S. dollars, then that's a whole other problem. That's a lot of damage. He just burnt the hotel down at that point. Jesus. Um, Is there photos of this incident? I yeah, I don't I don't know. But can you also imagine like you join the army? Like I'm gonna protect my country <laughs> from Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend everybody's rights. I'm gonna protect it from foreign invaders. Yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna tase Eddie Money. <laughs> I'm going to drag – oh, God, who was it? Who was the um, – uh, who's the the pedophile that just got out of jail and back in jail? What? Gary, Gary Glitter. Glitter. Gary Glitter. He went back, wait, he went back to jail? Gary Glitter just went back to jail because he – so Gary Glitter, for those yeah. of you who don't know, was um, – he was like a 70s glam rock. Uh, the only song of his I know is uh, – yeah, that's the only thing. Rock and roll part two. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, I think he was caught in Thailand with underage girls and they threw him in jail and then they, they took him out of jail and sent him over to jail in the UK and they just let him out on probation. He was supposed to serve like 15 or 18 years. They let him out after a few years, and uh, they just found on his phone. Like this wasn't bright, so he he like he's in a halfway house, and he's asking everybody, "How can I get onto the dark web without it showing on my phone?" Oh, so then somebody said something, and then they looked at his phone, and they found like a lot of. Uh, 
kitty porn. And that's our third craziest story of what goes on in rock and roll. Uh, and he's that's not even on the list. That's yeah. not even on the list. Yeah, but he's he they just they just sent him back to jail for uh breaking probation. Good, but also what a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, how are you gonna just do that in public? Be like, how do I get on the dark web? Yeah. <laughs> that's like Googling, how do I hide a dead body? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um You know, I'm also I'm looking into this Billy Idol story. And it just dawned on me that every, in any country, every military action is like cataloged and documented and named. So I'm wondering what, <laughs> what Billy Idol's operation name is. Yeah. <laughs> operation yeah. Rock the Cradle. <laughs> yeah. Operation Rebel Yell. Yeah. Operation Rebel Yell. Yeah. Operation Get the Fucking Idiot Out of the Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Operation Make Billy Idle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good, man. That was a good one. Operation You Owe Us Money Money. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, him doing Money Money is a bigger crime than uh, Operation Cash was everything around. Ruining a, a Thai hotel. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay, here's a good one. Ozzy Osbourne once snorted fire ants to prove how rock and roll he was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, That's just true. Move on. <laughs> let's, uh, let's all take a guess as to what state that occurred in. Florida. Very good, Kahuna. Oh, Motley Crue's involved in this. Yeah, oh, they it's, it's, they they show the scene in the movie. Oh, they do. I never saw the movie. Oh my god, it's one of the well, the guy playing Ozzy Osbourne looks just like the motherfucker, and he proceeds to snort a line of fire ants that are coming out of the pool or something, and then he also licks his own piss because Ozzy Osbourne. But that's like, is that proving how rock and roll you are? Like, uh, no, I think that's proving how mentally ill you are. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so he's partying with Motley Crue, and they didn't have any cocaine, but they did have a straw, which, by the way, like, that's that's the least important ingredient. Like, when you want Coke, yeah, being like, well, I don't have it, but I have a straw, not super useful. Not at all. Um, and not great for the environment, quite <laughs> frankly. But they said that he needed to put something up his nose, so he took the straw, walked over to a crack in the sky in the sidewalk, and snorted up a line of fire ants. Oh, they're showing it. Oh man. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie, but it was fucking gnarly. Oh my god, I believe it. I don't. I'm sorry. Just at this point in my life, I just kind of believe any absurd story I hear about Ozzy Osbourne. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, but and I, I know I know snorting fire ants isn't good for you, but at least he was dropping the bat weight, which I thought was nice. <laughs> it's just like, but how is that rock and roll? Like nobody's like, hey, wait, like I feel like we've lost the plot here. There's uh, no song about snorting fire ants. Yeah, like <laughs> like I want to show you how rock and roll I am. You pick up a guitar and shred a solo, or right, you do actual drug. But to be like, I'm gonna drink this glass full of goose shit. 
And it's like, wait, what? How? Yeah. Is that what rock stars are doing now? Go on the bus and practice your bass, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Oh, here. I, I saw a good one about Tupac. Tupac. Yeah. So Tupac was cremated. And then his friends uh, in the band, in his band, The Outlaws, uh, all claim that they smoked his ashes. They smoked his ashes after his funeral. They mixed the ashes with other things the late rapper liked, such as cannabis, chicken wings, and orange soda, and then blazed up. I'm very curious how you roll orange soda into a blunt. I don't think you – I think it gets dipped into it, maybe. Maybe that makes – Yeah. But then that makes the whole thing wet and, like, impossible to fucking – so it's, like, dried orange soda. The chicken part doesn't sound too bad. I mean – yeah, the, the chick time. chicken and the ashes of your dead buddy don't, sounds like a good parent. I don't know about the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, do you guys remember the first time you smoked weed and like you're kind of like nervous or whatever, and somebody hands it to you and you're like, "Hey man, yeah, just give it a try." Happened. And you're like, "Is this regular cigarettes or it's marijuana?" It's like it's also Tupac. You're like, "Oh my god!" Like that would just. I bet you there was some guy there. It was like his first time smoking weed and just nervous about it. And they're just like, yeah, you're going to smoke some Tupac right now. <laughs> um, that would that would make me switch careers. <laughs> like, Can you imagine you're like a new artist? You're hype. You're in the recording studio with all these legendary people. They hand you a joint and they're like, yeah, man, you smoking that Tupac. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a great name of weed. Nah, man, that's Tupac's ashes. Yeah. I just dip. <laughs> that's ridiculous like and, and by the way that's a very rock or like hip-hop thing like there's no other career where you're just like like a roofer doesn't die and then it's like you're gonna drink some of that in a case of schlitz with him afterwards in, no. the, in the pickup truck yeah um <laughs> fuck <laughs> i would never be like like chip it, listen i love weed yep you're a good buddy of mine mm-hmm if you die and they cremate you, no part of me is going to be like, I need to smoke chip. Yeah. No. Hey, uh, Ken, uh, just know that my last request is for you to spread my ashes in your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, um, no, I, don't, I... I did love the one before that. I don't know if you're going. Tell me. Yeah, I'm just bouncing around. Tell me what you got. Number five. Uh, read it. Um, uh, James Brown held up an insurance company oh, for yeah. allegedly using his toilet. Yes. Yes. So I actually – so I remember – I'm old enough to remember James Brown getting arrested. Yes. I, it's the, is, it, is it from that famous mugshot? Yes. I, I yep. would assume. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, he uh, – so apparently he had private offices – and they were next to like an insurance company. Yeah. And he felt like people from the insurance company were letting themselves into his office and using his private bathroom. And he did he show up with a gun? Yes. I think a shotgun. Yeah. Shotgun shot the ceiling. 
yelled at the lady who was shitting in his toilet and then was like, I got to go once the, the cops showed up. I mean, um, I get nervous when I'm in the bathroom and somebody knocks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he um, – and then he leads police on a car chase. So he, he goes in, threatens to shoot up uh, whoever's pooping in his toilet and uh, splits – he attempts to flee the police. He's driving under the influence of PCP, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And um, he leads him on a high-speed chase. I didn't realize through two states, through Georgia and South Carolina. He tried ramming the police trucks. They shot out two of his tires, and he drove on his rims for six miles. How did... How did he get through two states? And when did this happen? 1988. Yeah, the late 80s, man, was a big time for this stuff. I mean, this could happen the same day that Billy Idol got tranquilized. <laughs> like, what if this was some sort of, like, vice versa Freaky Friday shit where they, like, switched bodies? Oh, my God. Like, he, he's That's getting arrested why... by the cops. He gets he gets, a, he gets tranquilized. And they, it's... So Here's that's cr- why Billy Idol was bugging out. He was a black guy. He was a white guy for a day. <laughs> yes. Yes. But could you imagine just being on a highway in South Carolina and being like, what's this asshole doing in this pickup truck behind? Wait wait a minute. Is that the godfather of soul? Like, could you imagine? Like, Well, that's, just, that's he- the police. Like, think about the police that shot his tires out. And then they yeah. finally, you know, I'm sure they swarmed the truck and pulled him out. And then they were like. Wait, this is fucking James Brown? This is James Brown. Like you expect some redneck in a – and my god. There's a video that you can find on YouTube where he's actually explaining his car chase in the truck he gave chase with because he picked it up after he got out. But he's on camera just explaining what's going on. Well, that's amazing. He, he, he They sentenced him to six years in prison. And he only gets like he a, d- he he serves three yeah and he paroles out. I love that his first move is just like I gotta go get that truck back. He serves three months or three years. Three years. Three years. Yeah. I mean, I get that truck back. That's a memento of a fucking badass story. I mean, at one I mean, at one point, yes, he did hold up a gun to some people, but then you also got to admit, like. They were using his bathroom. They were using his bathroom. <laughs> like, that's rude. <laughs> By the way, I mean, how was he not doing Ford F-150 commercials after that? Yeah, right? Yeah. I would buy the fuck out of that. Missed opportunity. Um, How did he drive through two states in a truck that old without yeah. running out of gas? <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. It's it's maybe the greatest celebrity uh, mugshot of all time. It really is. Not that one. I'm guessing. Looks like he has a few. Oh, because I typed in car chase, and it's like which one? <laughs> um. What did you guys know about uh, Steven Tyler adopting an underage girl so he could date her? No. Um, I think, I think Nugent did something similar to that. Nugent did something similar and admitted it, but then backtracked on it. 
Steven Tyler did it, wrote about it in his autobiography. Wow. And... You think he'd skip a chapter on that? <laughs> you think it'd be like, you know what? I think I'll leave this Instead out. of 300 pages, I'm going to – let's do 298. Let's leave <laughs> – let's leave this part out. Um, he, uh, in 1975, somehow managed to get custody of a 14-year-old groupie signed over to him from her parents so they could live together. How old was he? They He was in his 20s. Um, I feel like he may have been like – 25. So, f- wait, that was 1975? Yeah. Yeah, so he was like at 48, so he's maybe like at like 27? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, old enough to, like, I feel like if you're old enough to have the thought, maybe I should adopt this girl. Uh, yes. Then you're probably too old. Right. Like, he's doing the right thing for the wrong reason. <laughs> But they were together for three years, um, and he kept her, like, drinking and using drugs and the wild rock star lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then, like a true gentleman, uh, he broke up with her when she turned 18. Wow. And, Ken, I believe that's the same reason you had to take that dog back to the SBCA. (laughs) Jesus. Um, The girl – is now uh, suing him. I think there's a civil suit. I believe so, yeah. Because he put it in his autobiography and drew all of this attention to it again. And I guess she's, like, annoyed. Yeah, I'd be. You really couldn't have just left this out of the book, man? Like, you you really had to bear all? Right, just claim like, oh my God, I was doing so many drugs. Who can remember? Mm-hmm. If you remember, you weren't there. Ha, ha, you know, like some dorky. <laughs> but he's like, nah, man, I adopted this fourteen-year-old. Uh, her p- parents wouldn't let me bang her otherwise. We both loved happy days. Had a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> um. Chip, do you see any others that you liked? I'm bouncing around. I mean, maybe maybe we do like one or two more. Should we? Uh, like How is there not a the... Jerry Lee Lewis story? There, I, I mean, mean, there are. We did we, that episode. We... I mean, there's definitely like yeah, because this one was. Um, I, I thought this one was just funny. Uh, I think it's the uh, number number eleven. Izzy Stradlin was arrested for oh, peeing yes. in the aisle of an airplane. Yes. Again, 1989, 88, 89. I think more than half of these happened in this in this time period. So uh, he was flying from Indianapolis to Los Angeles, which, boy, there's a ride right there. <laughs> and it's like just getting the hell out of Indy. And he was on a plane and uh, he had to go. Apparently, the restroom was occupado. So he just unzipped and uh, started peeing right in the aisle of a plane in full view of everybody. And uh, he got uh, – I love this part. He he got detained for it when he when they uh, – you know, I, I think – I don't think they – they uh, it issued Sky Law, but you know whatever happened, he got detained once they landed, and then um, a judge ordered him to serve a year under probation and write an apology letter to the plane's crew. Could yeah. you imagine getting an apology letter from Izzy Stradlin? Like, I wonder if it was just one apology letter, or like, hopefully he had to write 
like seven different ones, like one to the navigator, one to the co-pilot, one to each of the flight attendants. Yeah, like dear TWA. Yeah. <laughs> sorry I peed in your aisle. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> your bathroom was occupied and I should have just waited. Yeah. Love, Izzy Stradlin. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I used my illusion. Um. <laughs> that was actually known as the spaghetti incident. <laughs> Um, where's the uh, where's the wildest place you ever peed? My pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, can you think of one? I'm or or like to... the wildest place you ever saw saw somebody pee? Yeah. Um, oh I'm trying to think of a. I have a I'm friend. Sure, I mean, there were definitely there were definitely a couple. I have a. Friend. Oh, I, I will say. Okay, yeah. I will say this. I'll try to make this real quick. Uh, height of my drinking days: college, junior year, living in my fraternity house, and the regional director of our fraternity was visiting for the weekend. So he's like the guy that's like kind of like making sure everything's on the up and up, which it wasn't. So we had to be on our best behavior, and he was sleeping in my room that night because I my roommate was the president of the fraternity. So he was sleeping on our couch. So I, of course, a bunch of us, instead of drinking at the house, we just went out to the bar and just got wasted. Like they told us they're like, guy, like, like they, they were just like, guys, just be cool this weekend. And of course we couldn't. And we just got super wasted. Yeah. And then uh, I crashed in my buddy's room. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and I walked into the restroom and I started peeing in the urinal. And then I half woke up and I was so wasted and it was dark in the restroom, which is never dark in the restroom. And I look up and I just see an alarm clock <gasps> and I'm peeing on a couch and I'm in my room and I thought I was peeing on the regional director. Luckily, it was the room next to that, and I just peed on my buddy's couch. Like, I, I think I just got a couple of drops. I only got a couple of drops out, but luckily, I didn't. And he grabbed, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And, uh, yeah, it was I, – I thought I peed on the regional director of our fraternity, but luckily, luckily, I did not. How about, how about you, guys? I um, – one time, we were having a party, uh, and it was very late, middle of the night – a lot of people had already passed out. I was still up drinking with a few buddies. And uh, my brother's wife at the time, now his ex-wife, um, we saw her like wake up, get out of bed, and then walk into my buddy's closet. Oh, God. Oh, and no. we were like, the hell is she doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> and then we knocked on the door. We were like, Nancy, what are you doing? She was like, get out. Here I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> We're like, you're not in the bathroom. You're in a closet. <laughs> and she was like, "Shut up, go away." And we were like, "Okay." And then um, we had a very good laugh about it, you know, after cleaning. But then I just remember my one buddy had such a great line. Like when we told him the next morning, he just says, "Well, I hope you rubbed her face in it so she knows not to do it again." <laughs> and, and, um, I remember asking my buddy 
I was like, it was the next day. It was the house that I lived in. It was so it was like my roommate. It, yeah. it was his house, and um, it's just the two of us sitting on the couch. And uh, it was hours later, and I just looked at him, and I was like, she thought she was in the bathroom. I wonder what she like used for toilet paper. <laughs> And then, like, his eyes got real big, and we both ran upstairs, and we opened up the closet, and we just found one of his ties <laughs> oh <my God>. crumpled <laughs> up in a wet pile <laughs> in the corner of his closet. Oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, oh, man. I also have another friend at Mardi Gras who woke up in the middle of the night and thought he was using the bathroom but was just peeing on the floor next to where my friend was sleeping. <laughs> so he woke up and was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm using the bathroom. He's like, you're peeing on me. Like he peed on my buddy oh, uh, thinking he was in the bathroom. <laughs> that was 15 years ago. We gave him the nickname Master P and <laughs> – <laughs> it stuck like he would like he's still to this day in my phone is Master P. That's beautiful. Oh, man. That's All right. So let's good. let's leave. Let's leave with one. I know you guys are probably like, oh, my God, I could listen to these all day. Uh, by the way, it, did you want to leave with one one last one? I want to say yes. OK, before that, uh, I actually did uh, some research. If you want, give me like two minutes. Go ahead. I actually went through these are you know some of the craziest stories in rock and roll, of course, right? Mm -hmm. I, I did a deep dive on the least crazy stories in rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. So so these actually happen. These are re totally real, and they're crazy. These, so these are the most believable stories. These are the most believable, least crazy, but they're still crazy. Trust me, Kanakuna. These are crazy, but they're here. Here's a story. I think. Uh, one time, Adam Levine from Maroon 5. Um, and by the way, you have to know the backstory that for breakfast, uh, when they were out at a diner, he would always order hash browns with his omelets. But one day they were ordering and he ordered uh, – when the waitress came around, he ordered grits and the rest of the band was like, what? <laughs> so I said, it's it's least crazy. Here's another one. This is very least crazy. Uh, one time on tour, the guys from the Black Keys – uh, they had a day off, and they had spent the entire day binging season two of the Mindy Project. That does that does sound super believable to me, right? I mean, these, but, these but are also not, a little bit not, crazy, but just the least that doesn't crazy. Sound right? believable to me. Who could tolerate this one? Is what I, I will say. This one is wild. Day. I don't know how anybody could do this. One time at an upscale Mexican restaurant, LL Cool J ordered a margarita, and the waitress asked him if he wanted salt on the rim or not, and he just goes, "Surprise me." You're like, what? Come on. You're going to have no idea when she comes uh, back. Uncle Jay is undecided. <laughs> uh, two more. Two more. This one's getting a little wild. And I, by the way, pardon my French for this next one. Uh, one time a couple years ago, Dave Matthews and Jack Johnson had a jam sesh. And as they were leaving the jam sesh, Dave Matthews said to Jack Johnson, he goes, hey, man, I'll see you later. And Jack turns around and goes, not if I see you first. And everybody else was like, oh. <laughs> see, I heard an alternate version of that story where they had oh, really? a jam okay. session yeah. and Jack left his guitar there. But then for whatever okay. reason, Dave Matthews just kept it. And okay. then Jack Johnson shows up to his fucking house in a tank with a samurai bun <laughs> And just get and demands his shit back. 
Dave Matthews yeah. comp- complied. I I like that. I like that. I, I, that one's more believable. Uh, and by the way, this last one. Here's this last one of like you know least crazy stories of all. Uh, this one time, uh, Phil Spector murdered a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that chip is probably the most believable story. I, I really think it is. Yeah. I'd, I'd say the only unbelievable part of Phil Spector's story is that he only killed one lady, one woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we know of. I bet you he was like, I bet you he did that like hacky shit where like he got to jail and people would be like, so you only killed one woman? He'd be like, that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Oh, shit. I'm going to I'm going to throw us a wild card uh, for the last story. Okay. This, this was uh, not in the late 80s. This was just a few years ago, maybe uh, uh, 2014, okay. April 16, 2014. Does the name okay. Christ Bearer ring a bell? Christ Bearer? Christ Bearer. Like like a Paul Bearer? But right. Christ? But Christ. No, no. Um. Christbearer was a uh, Wu-Tang Clan affiliated rapper. Okay. You know how they've got all of these. Uh, the 36. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, you know, it's it's a big roster with Wu-Tang. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Christbearer, um, you may remember he. <gasps> oh, wait a minute. I think I, go ahead. I think I, this, okay. I think I know what might happen. Sliced off his own penis and jumped off a second floor balcony in an apparent suicide bid. What? Yeah. He was a member of the rap group North Star. And uh, he, he, um, oh, they're saying he was not on hard drugs. I just assumed that he was. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that does make it even crazier. So in a, in a, in a suicide bid, he here's what I don't. So you cut off your dick. If I'm cutting off my dick, I'm jumping from the twentieth floor. Yeah, like I'm not yes. leaping off a second floor balcony. Yeah, where you're that's, almost certainly gonna survive. That's that's a jackass stunt gone wrong. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve O. <laughs> I'm Steve O, and this is cut off my own dick and kill myself. Um, I'm Steve-O and this is the ultimate vasectomy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Now, Steve-O, don't you jump off that balcony. Fuck you, Knoxville. He, (laughs) like, I would, I like, this guy was so convinced that he was going to kill himself. And he didn't. He ends up surviving. Yo, can we interview this dude? I would, I would love, I would love to get my hands on this dude. Um, it, well, apparently there's nothing there, Ken. So relax. <laughs> well, I don't and like if that was me. I would de- like you're at the hospital, and I'm like, what happened? I'd be like, oh, I definitely fell and I fell on my penis, and like it chopped off. Like I'm not admitting that I cut it off and then jumped off. So wait, so he wasn't on hard drugs? Was there like me- like mental illness? Is that I, what- I'm gonna I'm not a doctor uh, right. for for those listening. Okay, I'm not a doctor, but sure. I'm gonna go. Out on a limb and say there's probably a little bit of mental illness involved. Maybe, maybe I I'll go with that. Um, only got a, over this dude's only I, got a little over a thousand followers on Insta. We can why, totally get him. Why cut off your own dick though? Like if you're gonna kill yourself, like what if? 
Like I've heard this argument with people who don't want to be organ donors. They're like, what if you get up to heaven and it turns out that you needed that shit? You asked yeah. why, Ken? He straight up gave you an answer. Oh, PCP and meth and molly and alcohol and no sleep. Oh, okay. I take it back. He was on hard drugs. Okay. His <laughs> although, buddies. Although I will say, I will say, I'm not taking anything away from those hard trucks. <laughs> There's been a few times in my life where I've had no sleep. Well, and I almost cut my dick off. Very funny you say that because wait, can you pull that quote back up? Yeah. So uh, he was very. He said the why when they interviewed him, like, hey, why'd you cut your dick off and leap from like a 10 foot balcony? Yeah. He said PCP and meth and molly and alcohol and no sleep. That was the main thing. No sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will tell you, uh, I have had. What the fuck is this quote? What? The, the following after that. I'm- He's living with no regrets, having miraculously survived the incident. I'm the only man ever did what the fuck I did, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> yeah, we got to get this dude. We got to get this dude. Yeah. Why? Yeah. In the annals of history, I don't think you got anybody who ever did that. Yeah. No. That nope. was a flopper. Yeah. That was a flooper. I don't know yeah. what a flooper is. We all done woke up from a flooper. Maybe not a flooper as big as me. <laughs> oh my god! Well, now we need to know flooper? what a flooper is. It's the foulest of all farts, not involving shit stains in your pants. It's a strong underwear fart. So okay. Like, so we've all woken up with a strong fart this dude is on something this, even this yeah 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 it sounds like he woke up and just started smoking pcp again um <laughs> in this guy's defense him, i think if you do that for the rest of your life you got to lean into it just lean into it yeah I think. oh yeah, yeah i'd be dressing up as me for halloween every year <laughs> oh my um God, instagram he is now he is now remarried he is now married Okay. The penis was reattached. Yeah. Uh, he got married just a couple years ago. He 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 let the uh, he let the reporter know that his penis was fully functioning, mm-hmm. and he's working on a new album. I mean, good for him, man. Good for him. I would be so embarrassed. It, it, it like, gets, it's, I think what we're trying to say is it gets better. I, I was I was at a show recently and uh, I had a pretty good set and everybody was coming up to me after and like shaking my hand and telling me how funny I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I'm walking through the venue, um, I see a guy and he's he's got his hand down like – He's got his hand down kind of like by his pocket like he was going to shake my hand and I just grabbed his hand and said thank you and um he had no idea what the fuck I was talking about like he <laughs> I shook his hand was like thanks man I appreciate it and he looked at me and was like who are you uh he didn't realize I was the comic and I was in like autopilot mode where I yeah, just assumed everybody yeah. was he had no idea I was the guy he just watched. He didn't know why I was thanking him. And that embarrassment, uh, I've thought about that every day since. <laughs> 
and and like the embarrassment of that is almost too much to live. Like I've thought yeah. about ending it. I'm like, I, this guy knows I'm out there, and I, I had a good run. Right. And this guy's just like, yeah, I cut off my dick, and it was a big flooper, and, and I'm my next here album. for it. Yeah. I we have to interview this guy now. We have to. He's probably out there like recording like Return of the Mac Flooper or some shit. Yeah. Would you ask him on the interview? My first question would be, when's your next cut drop? (laughs) (laughs) When's your next cut drop from a second floor about a second floor? about? if I'm cutting my dick off, I am jumping from an airplane without like there is no there's no (sighs) chance I'm surviving. There's no chance I'm to deal with the aftermath of why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Be like, because I'm tired. Don't you ever get tired? I haven't yeah. slept in three days. About time I chop a dick off. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, all right. I think that's peak. I think that's as crazy as you can get. I think yeah, we probably yeah. should have started with that. We should have led yeah. with it. Yeah. Nah, to it, be honest with you, it built in the right way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, where do you go from there? But down two floors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we did listen. Was this our best episode? No. Yes. Did we, yes, it was. Did, did we give it our all? No. Also, no. 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 But we had fun. That's we had what, fun. I enjoyed it, and I hope the listeners had fun, too. Had and that's, time. that's all that matters. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. that, yeah, look at that lesson that we learned. And the bands back together were jamming. You know, it's like. Remember, kids, don't snort fire ants. Exactly. Right. Don't trash a hotel room for three weeks straight because you'll get tranquilized by the Thailand police. Speaking of crazy things people should or shouldn't do, uh, where can people find you, Ken? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ken Krantz comic uh, uh, on the socials with the Red Bank Comedy Festival coming up for you locals April 27th through the 29th. You go to Red Bank Comedy Festival, redbankcomedyfest.com uh, for tickets. You can get you can get a pass to all the shows for only 50 bucks. Chip and I on the 29th will be recording a live I Love Rock and Roll. Our first live I Love Rock and Roll. Our first live. This will be the first one we've done where we're in the same room. Yeah. Um, but I like it. I kind of like it this way where I never have to interact with you. In person. Oh no, I've I've definitely got that feeling from you, like <laughs> that that you, yeah, you'd want to stay, you want to stay away from me, and I don't blame you. By the way, it's been such a weird thing. I it's I just because it is easy, but like I when we started this in what 2020, 2021? Yeah. yes, like uh, COVID was still rearing its ugly head, yes, and I, I was like, just ah, COVID. maybe I'll come to the studio, but it's weird. It's like I could drive up to the studio someday, but maybe the, what if we got up there and just there was no the magic. Was There's lost. no magic. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Man, I'm just gonna show up one day. <laughs> yeah. You guys got to have me come on for the live thing for just five minutes. Kahuna's stupid rock and roll fact of the night. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, well, we're hoping yeah. you're there. We ha- we have we have Brian O'Halloran from Clerks. Mm-hmm. Oh, word. we're we're working on we're working on more guests. Uh, stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. And then you can see me this Saturday, April first. Uh, I'm headlining Laugh It Up Poughkeepsie, and uh, this just came over. Uh, I just got this today, uh, Saturday, May thirteenth. I'm headlining Atlantic City 
comedy club. Oh, that's uh, great. Very cool old theater. So um, come out. What about you, Chip? Uh, just um, at Chip Chantry. Uh, f- follow me at Chip Chantry on Twitter, Instagram, and um, that's pretty much it. I, I got like little things coming up, but nothing, uh, nothing, nothing crazy. So uh, at Chip Chantry, I would love some follows. Okay, hey, Kahuna, how about you, buddy? Um, nothing in the works right now. I oh no, that's actually not true. I I'm working probably on my next record of original material, which is going to be nice. Fun. Good. Is, is it uh, is not it holiday themed? It is not. It is uh, it is my uh, I'm trying to do something that is reminiscent of the new Jack Swing era. Yeah, I found a producer oh. I'm really happy with, so we're gonna try out some stuff. But right now, the working title is literally just dance. So that'll be fun. That's excellent. That's, you. That's great, dude. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I don't want to tell you like how to promote properly. But cutting your dick off and surviving a 15-foot fall is mm-hmm. uh, its not a bad move. No. We could help you out with that. Can I at least go from like one story? Does it have to be two? Or is that like the minimum? I mean somebody's already done two. So it's like you want to do your own flooper. Yeah. So I would yeah. say yes. Okay. One story. I, okay. Could you imagine if somebody did that just to like take this dude's fucking shine away? Be like, uh, yeah, like, I cut my own dick off and jump from the third floor, bitch. And how stupid would that be? But still, you're ruining Christ Bearers. <laughs> yeah. I want to now like do an episode on on that dude's group. Yeah, we, yeah. we're we're <laughs> this probably is not the last you heard of uh, Christ Bearer. No, 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 no. I didn't know this story. And I don't, I'm I'm walking away from this episode of I Love mm-hmm. Rock and Roll, a changed man. <laughs> Listen, we're, you you come, you laugh, you learn. It's uh, we we got it all here at I Love Rock and Roll. Yes. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye.